is the third installment of our series, Making It Last. And so we decided in this series to do something entirely different than what we have done uh, before. And so we've been having really a conversation. And so just by way of recap, so that uh, some of you can be caught up be caught up with what we were doing. The first week, we had a conversation about the role in the marriage, the various roles and what God expects from the husband and the wives. So we had a conversation about that. Um, and then in week two, uh, we dealt with a hot topic. Uh, we dealt with uh, marriage conflict. And so we talked about how to deal with marriage conflict from a biblical perspective. And so we really uh, dug down into that because one of the things we really understand is that a healthy marriage is not a marriage without conflict, but a healthy marriage is a marriage that knows how to resolve conflict. And that's really the key. And so this series is for all married couples, for those of you who uh, maybe you're not married now, but you, you know, you see marriage in your future. So uh, you want to listen up, but these principles are applicable wherever you are. And, uh, and so we just want to help you with that. Uh, and let me just say this, because uh, I want to make sure we're all on the same page. Uh, make sure uh, that if you have questions, Crystal, stand up. Uh, Crystal is going to be roaming around. Uh, you know, she'll be sitting here. She'll be sitting there. She's going to get some exercise today. So if anybody have any questions at all, then here's what we need you to do. Raise your hands. We want this to be uh, interactive. We don't want this to be... Uh, you know, uh, a, a monologue. We want it to be a dialogue. We want to have a discussion because we really feel passionately about the, the marriage because we believe that strong nations, strong everything is built on strong families. And so if you have a question, whether for yourself or for somebody else, uh, we want you to raise your hand. Crystal has a microphone. She'll come to where you are and uh, and she will answer your question. And so and so today we're going to be uh, talking uh, about uh, communication in the marriage. How many know that communication is extremely important in the marriage? And so I want you to give us a, give a, a round, uh, warm applause for Ray, Giselle, and Ray and Giselle Shields. Come on. So I'm not really sure what they have in, in store. So I've been kind of kept in the dark a little bit. And uh, so I am a little nervous, but, uh, but we, we just know God is going to help us today. And so, uh, so let me just kind of ask a couple of questions uh, just to kind of get us started. Um, and so let's learn a little bit about you guys. How long have you guys been married? I got to count on my fingers. Uh, carry the one. 17 years. 17. Come on, give God a praise for that. 17 years. That, that's a long time because, you know, we, nowadays the average is about five. So we, this is really, really good. So tell us a little bit about how you guys met. So I get the hard, I get the hard question. So in, in terms of how um, Giselle and I met, um, we both had a mutual friend who was actually interested thought we'd make a cute couple and was trying to hook us to hook us up together but we actually met through um just random conversation and i remember after talking to her for about 10 minutes i told her i, I felt like i've known you for my entire life wow wow do you have anything you want to add to that um, yeah it, did. it was a it felt like a long conversation but it was just on lunch break <laughs> yeah <laughs> wow and so 17 years later, how many kids? Four, three? Four. Four kids later, 17 years, and here we are. So we're excited about this because we know that they have a lot of information that's going to help us. And so, so I'm just going to start with a couple of questions um, because we're talking about communicating uh, in the marriage. And we've come to understand that a lot of times that, that the people, just not in marriage in general, but just relationships, that people struggle oftentimes because we just don't know how to communicate with one another. So um, as you would define it, what do you call effective communication within the context of the marriage? Okay, I'll take that. Um, effective communication is when you have an understanding among each other. And it's not a win situation. It's not one person's idea pushed on to the other one. 
So that makes it an effective communication. And later on, we'll go a little deeper into that. Great. And, and just to add on to, like my wife said, effective communication is about understanding the other individual. Um, God made us all unique individuals, um, and it takes time, and it takes, you really have to have a strong desire and be have a purpose of finding out about the, your spouse, because mm -hmm. your spouse has many different layers. Mm, so effective communication is that getting to understand all the layers that God has put in your spouse. That sounds like work. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so as it relates to the marriage then, so why is it, why is effective communication so important in the marriage? All right, I'll take that one. Effective communication is important in the marriage because um, like we talked about, each person has layers. God knows all the layers of all of us because he, he's our creator. But, I don't know all the layers of Giselle or Ray. Until, until I take that time. And the more I understand her layers, the more, the more we are that one. You know, we are husband and wife. We are one together. So, so, so the more effective, effective communication is necessary because you want to have a, a, a well-grounded marriage and a marriage that's strong. And a marriage that is pulled in the same direction. Yeah, I think that's that's very important mm -hmm. in the same direction, because oftentimes that's that's not the case. So, so you got a whole lot going on here. We see bags. Anybody kind of like excited about what's going to happen next? <laughs> I see bags. I'm thinking I'm going to get a gift. Uh, you know, I'm thinking, but they, they got some things going on here. So, let's, so tell us about why do we have this uh, this unique setup here today? Well, for this particular session. Um, we were asked to talk about effective communication, and me and my wife were we're both from the Caribbean, so she likes to cook, I like to eat. So. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So for this one, we thought, we, when we were going through, we had a lot of different, what I would call recipes about, about why effective communication works for us. So we took together some of our different recipes, and we're going to be doing some cooking today. But Amen. in order to decide which recipe we want to use, we need to take a little poll. Right. What do you think? <laughs> All right. So, should we start with the men? Yeah. All right. Ladies, I'm going to ask you to close, close your, your eyes, eyes for this poll. Remember, God is watching. So, <laughs> fellas, <laughs> fellas. Keep your eyes open. Fellas. If you feel you have commu effective communication in your marriage, why don't you just slip up your hand for me so I can see, so I can take count. All right. All right. We got that. <laughs> All right. Ladies, it's your turn. So, fellas, keep, close your eyes. Remember, God is, God is watching. And, ladies, if you feel you have effective communication in your relationship, raise your hands. Anyone? Ooh. Anyone. Brother Going Walter. once. <laughs> Going twice. <laughs> Three times. All right. We have that now. All right. You can open your eyes now. All right. So, which recipe for that one? What do you, hmm. what do you, what do you think? Okay. Is that the so, Thanksgiving recipe or the... I mean, it look like they don't need any effective communication. You think, they're, you think they're good? Yeah. But we could still build bake a cake. Bake a cake? Yeah. So I think we could bake a foundation cake. Amen. I like that. Foundation <laughs> cake. All right. So we have our recipe, our foundation cake. So like I said, my wife is really the chef. I like to eat. Yes, he does. <laughs> All right. So I just want to explain exactly what the foundation cake is made of. It's it's made of three main ingredients. Sorry. It's made out of three main ingredients. Flour, water, and fruit. And those are the important ingredients. So as Ray gets the flour, I'll go ahead and explain. Flour. We got okay. flour, we got water. And, oh. What else do you need? That's right, fruit. But we'll leave the fruit for last because okay. that's a special one. All right, so for flour, it's, you know, 
for what we take as a foundation for God, it's God is the base of our spiritual foundation. And without that, we really don't have a foundation. So that's the first thing that should go into the recipe bowl. Oh, and the bowl is also our vessel. All right, so the flour, which represents God Mm -hmm. as our foundation, as our base. We're going to pour that in the mixing bowl? Yeah, we can pour a little bit. I think I need more than a little bit. I need a strong base. There you go. All right, there we go. All right, so we got our flour. And then the second one is water for purity. And water washed clean by the blood of Jesus. If we didn't accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, there would, we wouldn't have that connection with God at all. So we wouldn't have that full foundation. So all right. We have water. So we're washed clean by the blood of Jesus, yeah. which we represent with water. So there you go. there's right. our water. And for the last one, fruits. I actually need a volunteer. Because I want to know what type of fruits you're made out of. All right, so we want one volunteer. Yeah, I'll explain what that is. Okay. Volunteer, anyone? Maybe a couple. We need someone to co- Let me explain. We need somebody to go in the pantry and pick some fruits. Yeah. Come on. Come, come on. on. Is there a come couple? Up. Anybody? Your wife not here? <laughs> Only for a minute. Uh, we, we can draft. Oh. <laughs> we, we, we have what? the draft here. Well, Walter, come on up. Come on up. Come on, give him a hand as he comes. Okay, so let me explain. The fruit is on this table over here, and the fruit is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So I want to see what type of fruit Brother Walter is made up of. What type of fruit he's going to pick that he wants in his marriage. All right, all right, brother Walter. <laughs> no, you can go in the front. No, I'm good. All right. So keep keep faithfulness. All right. All right so what else, brother Walter? What other fruit are you putting there? You can pick a total of nine. T- take a look. Take a look at it. Love it's in the front. Yeah, yeah. He's like me. There, you can yeah, tell there's, there's a man that's not been in the pantry very much. <laughs> So there is nine type of fruits. So what do you want gentleness uh, in your marriage for effective communication? Mm-hmm. What do you want to have for effective communication in your marriage? Oh, I like this one. Self-control. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brother Walter, take the... <laughs> Brother Walter is taking his time. He want to make sure he got it right. Goodness. You got four more. Four more. Yep. Kindness. Mm-hmm. Oh, now he's rolling. See, he's getting used to being in the pantry. Peace. Two more. (laughs) Joy. And the last one. Forbearance. Tolerance. Tolerance. Actually, stay there for me, Brother Walter. Yeah. So, in our foundational ingredients, we've already talked about flour, which... Represents God. We've talked about water, which represents the blood of Jesus Christ, who we're washed clean by. And here we have our fruits, mm-hmm. which, if you look at them, are the fruits of the spirits. And we want this as part of our foundation because when we deal with our spouse, these are these 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 are the kind of things you want. You want to you want to deal with your spouse in love, in peace. In love, in peace, forbearance, faithfulness, goodness. What else is there? Let me look. Joy. What a gentleness and self-control, and of course, in kindness. 
So in your recipe for effective communication, you want all of these. These are the fruits. These, these are the fruits that you want to dwell on daily and renew your mind with these when you're dealing with your spouse. All right? But Brother Walter, I'm going to ask you to come on out. So thank you for volunteering. But no, no, wait. I want to ask him a question, too. <laughs> you want to ask him a question? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so I know you picked all these, right? <clears throat> right. Which is, you're a good you man. You want to know you're if I lied, right? No. <laughs> no, you're a good man. You're a good man. But you know what I love the most? He want to make sure he doesn't fill his spirit with this, <laughs> with anger, my way or the highway. That does not speak effective communication. Or this one, me, 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 me. It speaks arrogance, selfishness. So, you did good. You did very good. So, round of applause, Brother Walter. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, and, and, and again, the, we're doing this as, as a recipe, as, exam, as a demonstration. But what we really want you to understand is be mindful of what you allow into your spirit. You don't want to allow different things like this into your spirits. These are what we would consider bad fruits. Mm-hmm. You want to remove these from the recipe when you're dealing with your spouse. Amen? Amen. So, as uh, Ray, go ahead and start putting a little bit of the fruit in here. Again, you okay. got to make the cake. you got to make the cake. So, while he's doing that, we'll take any questions from the audience. So any questions about our three foundational ingredients for our foundation cake for effective communication? And I just want to recap that for the three main ingredients, you got to think of it this way. The name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit is what you have to, you know, have dwell in you to have this type of effective communication in your marriage. And, And we're just building on what we went over in session one and session two. If you go back and if you're watching um, via Foundation Church Television, if you go back and view those, those episodes, what we always go back to, marriage is an institute started by God. And God is the foundation of that marriage. If you want your marriage to be strong, it has to be built on that foundation. Amen. So I got a question. So what if you wanted to start your cake with, with other ingredients that, that are unlike what you have there? So... Unlike the other two, the other two fruits that we didn't include. So, what I would say is, you know, it's it's gonna. How should I say this? Uh, we're not gonna have an effective communication, or you may struggle in that. So, you want to go in the same direction, and going in the same direction also includes. Um, having God in your life as your foundation. But what if you didn't have someone that didn't believe in God and didn't have that foundation? He's going to pick up. All right, so I ju- ju- just to piggyback on that, um, and, and the scripture I was looking at is First um, Corinthians 3 and 11. And it talks about... The foundation that God created. And no one can create a foundation like God can. If you want to create um, or start effective communication in your marriage with something else other than being focused on God, is it possible? Yes, but think about what that does to your cake. Then you, you open yourself up for opportunities for different bumps in the road and things of that nature. What would you, as we, as we think about, so you guys have, have obviously expressed the importance of having God uh, because uh, there may be somebody who may be listening and they may be thinking about, well, you know, I understand I need, you know, all those, you know, the fruits of the Spirit. So uh, to those who may be listening and, um, and maybe they're struggling in their marriage, they seem like it always they end up, you know, and the things you didn't talk about, anger seems like it drives the marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like, uh, you know, I like to call fences when people put up these different fences because they want to try to protect their territory instead of trying to resolve, uh, instead of trying to resolve an issue. 
So how does how does a person uh, come to that place? Because and I, I know earlier you, uh, Giselle, you mentioned something about uh, having that relationship with God is right. is the key component to that. Right. Um, but as it relates to walking in the Spirit, that's not always a simplistic thing. I, I find right. that. And I'm a pastor, so I've been doing this for a long time. So a lot of times, <laughs> we, we, we walk, we have a tendency to walk in and out, right. of, depending on what. So what kind of suggestions do you guys have as it relates to maintaining a, a kind of attitude where the Spirit of God is really controlling your mind and your hearts? What, what can, you, uh, can you say anything to that that, that kind of help that along or some mm-hmm. things that you guys may do, uh, you know, from a practical standpoint? And, uh, and making sure that you're staying in a place where uh, God can really uh, speak through you in the marriage. And I'll start off with that one. So in terms of staying in a place where God can actually, where we, God can actually speak through me in the marriage, it starts with what are your habits? Again, what, what are you allowing to come into your spirit? So are you in, in the word? Are you... Are you praying? Are you praying with your spouse? Things of that nature. So you, you build that foundation and you build those habits. And I'll give you an example. Um, when we were doing this, my wife and I we were actually sitting and we were trying to go back through these 17 years and pinpoint that point in our marriage where our communication came to the level it's at now. And we couldn't pinpoint that exact day but what we could pinpoint is that it was definitely after we both were walking the way we were supposed to for God. And when, 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 God is in, when, it, it, when God is in the middle of it, it definitely puts everything in focus. So just to piggyback over, off of him too, um, I would say something a little more personal. What I told him was the day that I gave my life to Christ. Is where I noticed that it ceased the arguments, the disagreements, because we weren't equally yoked. And I, I take it that God was working in, in me. So you have to look at yourself first when you're, you know, to answer your question, when you're not equally yoked with the person, or if there isn't a believer, or maybe the person does believe, but haven't accepted that calling as yet. So, because so, this is, this is kind of like the, the elephant in the room, right? <laughs> so th- this question kind of reflects that. So what are sometimes, because we, we're talking about communication, so every now and then we run into a situation where, uh, and somebody kind of alluded to this last week as a question, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where one spouse may not want to communicate. Uh, and, you know, you're trying to, commu- you know, maybe you're the one that's trying to communicate, but... You know, the other one, Ray, Ray is not, mm-hmm. as an example. Right. So how do you guys handle it when you got a situation where you have, you know, because I, I know, for example, like, you know, women are different. Um, <laughs> women, I, I, I discovered they like, they like to talk, and I, I know that that's, is anybody with me on that? <laughs> they not go over anything. So, so women like, so I, so I know that's really, really important. I know, I know in my marriage to, to have... Because sometimes, you know, when, when brothers and we get together, our conversation, you know, we, we're pretty much frank to the point. We don't, you know, we're not into a whole lot of touchy-feely stuff. But, but you know, there, there are times when you have a situation where one wants to talk and the other don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and so how do you guys, how do you guys handle that in, in the marriage? I'll answer that. Um, one thing that I've learned to have a better communication with my husband. We set a time to talk. We have to set that time. Um, we pray together. We praise each other when they do well. And, you know, we, we try not to, um, how should I say, put, have one think their words are mm-hmm. more effective than the other or it has no weight. Mm-hmm. So that, that, I think, is very strong in a marriage. And, and I'll, I'll just piggyback on what my wife says. So the number one thing I've always been taught about effective communication, if you, want to, if you want to have effective communication, the number one thing is you have to be a good listener. Mm-hmm. 
That's the number, that's the number one key thing I learned in my marriage, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll express it this way. I can remember my marriage when we were younger, and I would think back to a particular, let's say, weekend that we had, a weekend event, and, I could, I, and I'll say, oh, that weekend event was so great, blah, 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 and I have all these great memories of it. And then my wife would turn, and she was like, well, that was a horrible weekend. It was blah, 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 blah. And she had a totally different perspective of it. And I'm like, well, I didn't know you, you thought that way. And she'd always say, well, yeah, I told you. You just aren't listening. So it, so it, made me, it, it made me actually stop and take notice that, you know, my perspective is not her perspective. Mm-hmm. And that in order to understand her better, I have to listen more and talk less. So, and that, is, that was one of the hardest I'm telling you, hardest, when I say hardest, hardest things for me to learn. Because I had this perception that, you know, my way is usually the right way. And my perception is usually the right perception. But everyone has a different perception. And, and, and if you compound on that, we take it a step further. All of us have different desires. We may desire one thing, our spouse desires something differently. And a lot of times we allow our desires to become our expectations. And we cast those expectations on our spouse. So that's something else that can, that can a lot of times limit that line of communication. Um, throw out just a, a crazy example. If my desire was always to have a wife that was six feet tall, as tall as me, and I, I, I tell that to my wife. I tell that to my wife. So, it, depending on how she takes it, that could become an expectation. And next thing you know, she's walking around in twelve-inch heels because she feels that I have to live up to that expectation. Expectation, yeah. So you have to be careful also of what you what you allow to come out your mouth. If you have certain desires, not saying that, not don't want it to make it seem like your desires aren't important. But some things you need to cast on God, and you need to know what you're able to communicate and cast on to your, your spouse as an expectation. Because we all have different desires. Our spouses are different. So they may not understand things that, the same way you do. And a lot of times that builds walls in the relationships. And over a large number of years, those walls get higher and higher and higher and higher until you're in your own fortress and your spouse is in their own fortress. And unless you learn to listen to each other and have a better understanding for each other, you will never break through that. And another example is you hear all the time that money is the number one reason why people get divorced. But I think that's just a surface issue. If you dig deeper into that, it relates back to communication and what our expectations are. If I have one expectation of money, my wife has a different expectation of money, and we're not... Uh, we're not pulling in that same direction. That's going to come through. Yeah, I, I think that's really important because I can remember, you know, a, a time in our life and our marriage, uh, you know, when talking about the money aspect, when uh, my wife, you know, we, we don't have like separate accounts. We have, you know, we both kind of go in on the same account. And, and a lot of times when we, because we weren't communicating, uh, you know, exactly. we ended. We had a whole lot of problems in our marriage because it's simple. Just hey, I'm going to be doing this, and this is what you know. But a lot of times, you know, just being impulsive. And so, one of the things I learned is, you know, just to say, and we this is something we can, you know, just just communicate with one another. We learn that. So we're going to go and account. We're going to do something. We just need to we need to talk about it. But why? But you mentioned this thing about uh, listening. And, and I just want to remind the audience, if anybody have questions out there, just raise your hand. Crystal is right in the back. She's waiting for her hand to go up. So if anybody have questions. But, but as it relates to this thing, listening, why is it? Because we know the Bible says be uh, quick to hear, slow to speak. But Giselle, why is it a challenge, you think? Why is it so hard for us to just want to listen because a lot of times when arguments you know sometimes you know when I'm sitting and I'm, I'm counseling a couple a lot of times I'm, what I'm hearing is, is everybody is just trying to get and nobody is everybody's trying to get their own point across so why is that so hard I think um, it's a fear it's a fear it's a fear that you know if you if you hear 
if you don't if you don't tell the person what you have to say, then you lose it, or they don't adhere to what you have to say. They feel like it holds no weight, or maybe it's the truth. So maybe they don't want to hear that. Um, but for speaking for myself, I listen, and then at one point I didn't listen. I wanted to speak. But the, that fear was to uh, <laughs> make sure that the person hear and understand me. So it, it, you know, it became a work in progress where, again, where Ray said he didn't hear me. And that's a perfect example because I felt I kept talking, but he didn't hear me. So I felt less appreciated. So, so <coughs> excuse me let, me, let me clarify something. So because we can be in the same room. Mm-hmm. And we can have our ears open. But we may not But it doesn't listening. necessarily mean that we're really listening. Listening. Yes. Or catching. Mm-hmm. So, 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 Ray, what can we do? What do you think we can do that will maximize our capacity and our ability to be able to be a better listener in the marriage? Because I think, okay. like you said, you said that's a big deal mm-hmm. in the marriage. And probably the root of a lot of issues is just understanding and listening. So, so... What, what, do you, what do you think? What, how, can we, how can we get there? I'll throw out a few tips, and, and I will say this before I throw them out. When, we first, when I first introduced these and started looking at these tips, they sounded, how should I say, they sounded kind of corny. Because a lot of times in marriage we have this perspective. Like I said earlier, when I met my wife, I talked to her to 10 minutes, and it felt like I've known her years. So we have, that, we have this perspective, okay, you know, we're already connected. We already have that connection. We don't have to spell things out. They, she already knows how I feel. He already knows how I feel. Or he, sh- he or she should know how I feel. So one of, one of the things that I do often with my wife, if my wife says something, I listen to it, I take it in, and then I would go back and say, so what I hear you saying is great, blah, great. blah, blah, blah. We also do things like we intentionally schedule time to communicate and that sounded so foreign to me at the beginning because uh, I'll give you just one example we we every month we have a, a budget meeting where we sit down and we intentionally communicate about money because before that was hard for us because we'd each have different perspectives and we just didn't want to let go of our perspectives or or look like we were maybe weak or or losing the argument so now we have a budget. We sit down. We go. Th- we intentionally communicate about our our funds. We intentionally write it down and put it in a place on a computer somewhere where everyone can actually see it. Everyone can reference it. Everyone can go back to it because if if it was a week ago and now it's a week later. Your perception may have changed of what the, that budget meeting was. It may have been, we'll, talk, we, we'll, we'll decide later if we're going to purchase that million-dollar house. Yeah. And a week later, you may come, you may, your perception may be like, oh, we are in the works to purchase that million-dollar house. Right, right. So it's important to write things down, important to just have confirmation, go back, um, just reinforce what that person is saying. Any other tips you wanted to add? Um, so so what, what I hear you saying is, um, and I like what you said. You said something about you schedule a time. Yes. Um, and the, the first thing that jumped out at me when you said that was, because and I'm speaking from my own experience, mm-hmm. because usually my wife, and she didn't know my wife, we've been married for 26 years and so, 25, 26, July. So um, so every now and then she'll, she'll you know, we, we play with each other. So she'll see when my you know, my, when the Dallas Cowboys are playing, right, you know, and my wife would come over and she would jokingly want to have a very serious conversation mm-hmm. when she knows that I'm watching the Dallas Cowboys. Now, now she, there used to be a time when she did that and she was really serious about it. She'd be like, she would talk, and I'm like, baby, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not there. And it used to be a source. I mean, so we learned, so, you know, over time we, we came up with a remedy that, you know, that, when something like that, the game's on, something we'll, we'll talk about after the fact. 
But what I heard you saying, it seemed like you, you talked about this thing of just focus and removing yes. distractions. Um, would you would you say that's a big just you know just getting to a place where you're not distracted, where you can give your undevoted attention to what is being said? Um, is is that pretty much the way you guys do it, or? Yeah, I, I would definitely say so. Um, um, and I'll just add one point to that. One of the things I used to do as well is sometimes my wife would talk and talk and, and talk. And then we have a safe word. <laughs> so, Actually, what ahead. I was going to say is she talk and talk and talk. But and there's after a while, safe word. Oh, I get it. You want me to say the safe word. I, I get it. I, but I'm not going to. <laughs> My wife would talk and talk to the point where I would just actually tune her out. And I would just totally, I'd, it'd be so much, it'd be so much that I, would just, I couldn't even remember what the main point was. So I would say if you're having a conversation and something's important, Stick to that main point and make sure your spouse can understand it because it help, that's another way to help them remove those distractions. Like Pastor said, you know, focus. So if I come through the door and I'm upset because I didn't get that uh, 12% raise that I should have at work, and I start out talking to my wife about, well, the traffic was bad, and then I, they spilled, I went to 7-Eleven, and this happened, and that happened, and, and then that, you know, that got to work, and so-and-so was, ups, was upset with me, and, and, and my customer didn't do this, and I, I didn't get my 12% raise, and then this happened, and, you know, on the way home, I got a flat tire, blah, 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 blah. It, there's so much in there. You can't focus on what, what, I, what, my, what I'm really communicating. And again, he gets lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Do you want to add on to that? Or do you want me to say the safe word? Uh, we can say it later. <laughs> okay. Uh, I had a question. So, so Giselle, so uh, describe uh, what do you think, um, because I know this is, a, this is a big sticking point for a lot of people is, because, um, you, know, you know, my wife, you know, used to notoriously say to me, honey, it's not what you say, it's, it's how you say it. So how, how important is tone in the tone, marriage? Tone is very important. You could have a negative tone or a positive tone. And again, you know, it's all how you say it, how you communicate. So, you know, just like Ray's example, he came in with like an angry tone. And in return, you know, it's how you say it, not what you say. It's, it's more soothing. It's more honest. And it's gentleness. As well as, you know, which, feeds is, which in, is a fruit of the spirit, yes, by the way. It mm. is. It is. So you want you want to start off gentle, maybe calm down first. <laughs> or if it's something else that you're I am to, calm. <laughs> if you <laughs> if you are having a conversation but you think you're calm and maybe she's reading in into or oh, his voice is getting deeper or deeper. You know, again, that's why we have to Look at ourselves first before we throw blame on the other, especially when she says, hey, it's not what you say. It's, you know, how, how you say it and how you say it makes a big difference. One of the things I, I learned in, in, in police academy years ago, we have a question. Great. Uh, we, we, uh, I learned, uh, you know, that most of what people communicate through is their body language. That too. Uh, yeah. and, and I learned, you know, like, you know, when I used to interview a suspect, it would say something like, yeah, you know, I didn't do it, you know, or and usually there was a contradiction in their body language and what they were, you know, what they were saying. So, but anyway, so, so what you, what you do is, is very, very important. Your tone and your language, your body language says a lot. I think we have a question in the back. Yes, I, I just wanted you to explain a little bit more on the differences of men, because men and women are very different creatures, <laughs> and we communicate in different ways. So I want you to expand a little bit about how those different ways and help the different genders to understand each other better. Since we, I got you. Okay. Okay, so, so what I hear you saying is... <laughs> I don't think... We, uh, so... So in terms of uh, how men are different, in terms of how they communicate, I think, um, and I think Pastor touched on this a little bit at the beginning, yeah. men, we can be more straight to the point 
if we see something, we, we see it as a problem, we want a solution. And, it, and it's that simplistic for us. Um, for women, we're more emotional. So <laughs> we, we need a little more gentleness. You know, we have a tendency to talk a lot, but we too need to get to the point. So you may see it as um, we're describing, and we're describing in a way that we want you to, you know, get the painted picture of how we feel at that moment and what's really going on. Sometimes we don't say it bluntly like the men. We're more, we go around the other end to say it. But this is where effective communication comes in, where you have to stay to the main topic. You have to say what it is, you know, that you need to say and stay on that. And that way it could actually come to a resolution or come up with different solutions. So one of the things I did to have more effective communication with my wife is um, I'm very much um, that man type where I see something, this is the problem, here's the solution. Let's run, let's, go, let's do that solution. My wife would more sometimes she needs to just, uh, whatever it is, just get it out. And for me, it was just being more supportive and just being like, if she's talking about her day, like, okay, honey, you can tell me about your day and just allow her to talk, allow her to get off her chest. She's not necessarily looking for a solution. She's just looking, looking for, for, for support and for me to be a good listener. Yeah, I, think, I think, boy, that's, that's a big one because, you know, a lot of times, you know, because we are, we are solution driven. And a yes. lot of times my wife, well, she would just come and start talking. She, wants, she says, I have something important I want to talk about. So I'm still waiting for the punchline. So she's talking. <laughs> and then I realize, ain't no question in there. <laughs> exactly. Where's the question? Exactly. And then it dawned on me that she just wanted to talk. to talk. She, exactly. and, and she just exactly. wanted me to listen. But she don't come out and say that. It's just kind of expected. So it's one of the things that I, that I learned. So that's a very, very good point. Yeah, and I, and, and I learned that about, what, year 16 and a half? <laughs> so it... it, it and I'll, I'm just being serious, it just takes time. The, as, you're, as you go through your relationship and as you build your marriage, you, you, just come, you come to understand your spouse more and more. And, and if you're just intentional about it, that, that's the one thing I would say. Just be intentional about trying to be a good listener and trying to hear and understand your spouse. All right. Another question? Any, any, question, any other questions while we go to the next question? I think we have a, okay. have a few moments. Um, okay, so let's um, quickly run through some of our other ingredients. Um, I think we pretty much touched on it. It's the trigger ingredients. And everything that we talked about, the sugar, the spice that goes into the cake, as well as the salt. And the salt, a lot of people who... Actually, are, I'm going to hop back up. Oh, one. okay. I'm going to go to another, another ingredient in oh, your cake is egg. eggs. Eggs, and this goes back to Second Corinthians six and fourteen. So it's actually a play on "Don't be unevenly yoked," which we talked about a little bit. If you're if you're saved and your spouse isn't, that leads to things being being um, not, not even. even. So when you when you're yoked, we're two individuals. So me and my wife, we're yoked. We're together, and we're moving in the same direction. Because we're connected. We're connected as one. So we have to be step and step as we move forward. So that's very important in, your, in, in effective communication. Um, and it also goes back to, it also goes back to bearing one another's burdens. Like I said, my wife, she just wants to talk. She just wants to talk. She just wants to let it out. So I'm there to bear that burden for her. So we share each other's burden. So that's part of uh, that's part of being evenly yoked. And another example is the fact that we have children. So we have to share that responsibility too. Um, I can't, you know, just have him raise the kids, or he can't just have me raise the kids, and everything that he says goes, or everything that I say go. That's that's going to cause friction in our communication. We have to make sure that we communicate exactly what direction we're going to raise our kids. So that's very important. And just a quick passage I want to read. I, I, I believe I got this from Focus on the Family. And they said, you know, 
Couples find ways to resolve the issues of male and female roles between themselves with scripture as their guide. And you, t- you have to talk openly about your expectations and your personal preferences and hammer out a God-honoring plan that preserves fairness and equality in the relationship. So, again, being evenly yoked, fairness, equality, uh, the male and female role, walking step in step. And, and, and I'll personally say that I feel communication is the number one main ingredient to have a good marriage. Yeah, I was, as, as, we, as we get ready to uh, get ready to close, um, you know, I was just really just kind of uh, just kind of thinking about um, what you just said there about the um, uh, the unequally, the equally yoke and that kind of thing. And so particularly um, if you're sitting here today and you're listening, uh, whether by TV or you're in the audience, um, you know, uh, for, if you're not married, then you, you want to pay close attention. Uh, because um, I think particularly uh, for those who are Christians, because I know sometimes there are some believers who want to uh, connect with people who are not believers because they, they love them, you know, they're, mm-hmm. you know, and they, well, I'm going to marry them and then I hope they get saved and somehow I'm going to save them. And so I, I think, I think the marriage in and of itself is, is very difficult, but, but connecting with someone that is on the same plane that you are on in terms of you going in the same direction spiritually, I think is a big bonus. And I think it probably takes out a lot of, uh, a lot of the, the difficulty in a marriage, at least when you got, you know, got that God factor and it, it makes it easy. So I, I, I do want one of, if we had another questions in the audience um, at all, um, what is the importance of using right words? Right words. And, what I, and let, me, let me tell you what I mean by that, because I think that a lot of times when anger does kind of come into play, um, that sometimes we say things that we shouldn't say or we use the wrong words or we go into an attack mode. So what's the importance of, of uh, just trying to uh, avoid that and, and have more of a conversation like the Bible says that really builds and edifies? So you're talking more of a, uh, a healthy, manageable conversation. All right, so... The importance of using right words is with words, once you release it, you can never take it back. So if you're building that oneness with your spouse, it's definitely you don't want to do anything or say anything that you will later regret. And that's why, you know, that's why we say the, the more the Holy Spirit dwells with you and, 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 and has captured your thoughts, the more mindful you are of what comes out your mouth. And right words, we don't want to use wrong words because sometimes those dig, these, those dig deeper than the right words. You can tell your, you can t- I can tell my wife every day for two years that, you know, you're, you're, you're beautiful. Well, that one day, maybe I'm upset about something, I say something negative. That will, that, will, that will stick deeper than those two years of saying that you're beautiful. So that's, that's the importance of using right words. And a lot of times in relationships, when, when a couple gets married, a lot of times they marry someone who's opposite. So if one person may be a very strong communicator, the other person may not be that not be that strong of a communicator. So a lot, sometimes arrogance can come in where one person feels that their words matter more than the other person's. So it, so everything you have to be intentional about. So I, this, again, this goes back to the fruit of the Spirit. All those fruits of the Spirit's kindness, gentleness, all have to come in play. Especially if you did that hiccup, you have to know how to bounce back with it, you know, in a spiritual way. Pray about it, you know, ask God to help you how to communicate with that person with the right words, the words that are meaningful, that you could win them back, you know, to open up. Because those type of words, if it's not a word that um, feeds into your spirit, it could actually shut the person down. 
you know, and then communication becomes harder. And the harder and harder that communication becomes, it's like a crack in your foundation. And that the more and more you don't communicate, that crack in the foundation is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then it leads to no communication. And, I, and you know, the thing I, that what Ray said there about how words hurt, and uh, it made me think about how the, you know, when we first got our spouses, uh, we were trying to court our spouses. You know, the Bible says to enter God's course with praise. And I think sometimes praise in the marriage is so important uh, because, you know, I didn't get my wife by saying, baby, uh, you know, you're terrible. And, you know, when you first start dating my wife, you know, I know how it was, you know, we yes. just want to be on the phone and I just want to hear you breathe. I'm good. You know, it's like, but nobody, nobody gets anybody by being negative. Uh, we, 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 we gain a relationship, you know, that leads to marriage by, wow, by, by praising. Um, and so I think uh, just having that attitude of praise is, is so significant and important. Right, great. Um, no other questions? It looks like we're about to eat here. Any other questions? Nobody have anything? Great. And just one more thing. Um, you know, in all of this communication, communication doesn't always have to be verbal. It could be nonverbal. It could be the way you touch someone, aside from being intimate with the person, with, well, with your spouse, actually. And I would just have to say, you know, nonverbal communication sometimes is the best communication, especially when you're dating someone, boyfriend, girlfriend, to get to know that, get to know that person. And it lines up with, um, there's a scripture in the Bible where it speaks about mind, body, and soul. And just to clarify that, when we mean boyfriend and girlfriend, you make sure that words line up with their actions. Yes. So if, just to clarify, that's what we're talking about. So if the person is telling you that they that they they like you, they love you, but they're looking at their phone twenty four seven, that gives you that that get, that's showing you where their where their real love is. All right. So, so again, sugar and spice. You know, sugar is what you give to your your spouse, your husband, not your boyfriend, girlfriend. <laughs> and spice is where you spice up the relationship. The relationship is the nonverbal part of it. Uh, the sugar could be nonverbal as well as verbal, but spice is more to to be nonverbal to become. I should say verbal, but we we call it nonverbal, where I may rub his back or just listen to him and ask him how his day was. You know, so this is these are some of the most strongest communication we could have to ease our mind to bring it at one and to share that responsibility as husband and wife and this is how you prolong your, your marriage make it last and, and just to conclude on that you know we just did one of our examples and you put in all the right ingredients and we you, and you when you put that in you allow God to bake it that's when you come out with your cake and your cake is not just beautiful on the outside it's just as delicious as inside. Amen, amen. Come on, give them a hand. Great job. Amen, amen. At this point of service, we want to we want to transition, and um, I want every head bow, every eye closed.